Da 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 da. Bum bum bum. La da 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 da. Hello and good morning, everybody. How are you? Are you as happy as I am today? No reason. No reason. I just got enough sleep, and uh, I'm looking at a very disturbing photo picture on, on the locals right now. I've got two streams going. Uh, I'm trying to ignore <laughs> a pig and a thong on the other screen. <laughs> Why'd you have to do that to me right in the middle, right in the beginning of the show? All right. Uh, if you'd like to make this day special, all you need is a cup or mug or glass, a tanker, chalice or stein, a canteen, jug or flask, a vessel of any kind. Fill it with your favorite liquid. I like coffee. Join me now for the unparalleled pleasure. The dopamine of the day thing makes everything better. It's called the simultaneous sip. That happens now. Go. I was I was asked this morning privately, uh, how do you how do you get your voice modulation so that you're not monotone when you're doing stuff like this? And there was a huge problem for me um, trying to get a little bit of variety in what I'm doing. And this, the problem is that there's an illusion when you're in front of people, you feel that you're um, you feel that you're you're, you're modulating a lot. But when you play it back, it's like, I am not actually modulating a lot. I certainly thought I did it in my head, but in fact, nothing happened. And the only solution I know is to, first of all, get more relaxed. Because the more relaxed you are, the more natural variety just slips in. So practice helps. That makes you relaxed. But on top of that, you have to play it back. And you have to learn that there's an illusion that you think you're doing it, but you're not. And so you have to go way big. And it's the same with uh, public speaking. With public speaking, a lot of people feel like they need to jump right into it, blah, 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 because they don't want the audience sitting there bored. And the illusion in that case is that the audience's sense of time is similar to yours on stage. But actually, your sense of time is all distorted once you get on stage. So you could actually just take a breath, just look at the audience. I I used to do that when I did a lot of public speaking. And once you realize the illusions of public presentation, then you have the mechanism to work past them. So just play back your presentations, and you will see for yourself that when you thought you were doing this, I think I'm doing this. I'm really modulating. Sometimes I go down to a whisper like Joe Biden, and sometimes I make a big deal. You think you're doing that, but you're probably not. You've got to play it back and see for yourself. All right, let's talk about all the things. Uh, the Rasmussen poll people uh, did a poll in which they accidentally found the exact number of idiots in the country. Now, it wasn't what they were trying to do, the, the poll was about uh, opioids and whether people thought the problem was getting better or worse and how Biden was doing. 44% said uh, of likely voters said Biden was not doing enough about the opioid problem. But here's where it got interesting. 40% of the respondents say the problem got worse. Now, if you've looked at the data, it's unambiguous. The problem isn't just worse. It's way worse. All right. 
So there's no question about it. They got worse. But only 40% of respondents knew that. What? How is the opioid deaths not one of the top, I don't know, 10 stories in the country at least? And 40% is, that's it. Only 40% of voters know it's getting worse. It's getting way worse. But here's, here's the fun part. 11% say the problem got better. What? <laughs> what? And 18% said they're not sure. What? How could you not be sure that opioids have gotten worse? Really? Let's add these together. The people who say the problem got better for opioid uh, deaths uh, and the 18% who aren't sure. Let's see, you add those together, 11 18, you get 29. 29% is the exact number of idiots in the country. Now, on most polling questions, it's an opinion, right? But this isn't an opinion. <laughs> this is just a, a hard, cold, well-known fact. Opioids are getting worse. And still... What have I told you about the 25%, right? The magic 25% in any poll, something around 25%, you know, in that 20 to 30% range, around 25% of the people are just absolute fucking idiots on any question. But usually, it's a little disguised because it's opinion-y or maybe the data is unclear. There's a controversy about how to, how to measure stuff. None of that, <laughs> none of that exists for opioids. We know the data, and we know it's getting way worse. So if you're in the 29% who think it, the problem got better or that you're not sure, uh, you're an idiot. You're an idiot. All right. Do you know how hard it is to analyze anything with data and facts and reason? Let, let me give you just an example of something you think would be pretty easy to analyze, right? Like the opioid thing. But the opioid thing really stands alone as being easy to analyze. Almost nothing else is. Almost everything else is more complicated than it looks. Here's an example. Uh, Did you know that... Well, let me ask you the question. Uh, Have home... Is the cost of owning a home and home prices, uh, have they gone up in recent decades? What would you say? Has the cost of owning a home gone up in recent decades? Yes, 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 of course. Obviously, yes. Right? So that's easy to analyze, right? I don't think there could be anything more obvious, 100% known to all people, that the cost of housing has gone up. Except that it hasn't. According to humanprogress.org, who tweets, uh, the time... um, All right, so the price of U.S. homes per square foot, which would be a good way to measure it, right? Because you don't want to compare a big house to a small house, because obviously a big house costs more. So you want to compare it square foot to square foot. If you do that, the uh, cost of U.S. homes stayed about the same from 1980 to 2020. Would you have known that? This seems to me like the most obvious 
fact that house prices went up like a lot. But no, <laughs> because the other the other factor is that the the average size of a household decreased quite a bit. So although you've got two things happening, that the size of the house probably got bigger, but also there were fewer people in it. So if you were to measure this correctly, the way an economist would, not the, not the incorrect way you do by reading the newspaper, but like an economist, you actually are measuring apples to apples. You would say, what's it cost for one person for one square foot of home now and in the past? About the same. <laughs> About the same. <laughs> did, did you see that coming? Um, the average person now has 55% more living space. So, so as soon as you get it apples to apples, it just disappears. Now, this is like just about every other economic analysis. It's also just about every political analysis, that there's not just one way to do it, and that the people who know how to do it correctly are so rare that I'd never even heard this until this tweet. Now, of course, what happens to the next person who tries to study this? Would they come up with the same answer? Probably not, (laughs) because two different people are still going to analyze it differently. So anytime you're believing that you you really have a grasp on things, any big topic in the world, because you understand the economics of it, you don't. You don't. What about the national debt? You know the national debt... Uh, is bad and all the money that's being pumped in that's going to cause inflation because it's just obvious, right? Everybody knows it. There's, there's no way it can't happen. Except that maybe it won't. Oh, YouTube just disconnected. It's trying to reconnect. Interesting. Let's see if it works. So um, my live stream, I know it's not my Wi-Fi because it's working perfectly on Locals, but uh, YouTube just uh, just shit the bed. So it looks like YouTube's completely down. Huh. <clears throat> or at least it is for me. Well, one moment. Uh, got you on YouTube. Can you see it right now? Is there anybody who can go to YouTube and see me right now? Um, it's buffering, it's down. Some of you say you can see me. Nope. Okay, I was waiting for the no. Let's, uh, let's kill YouTube and see if we can fire it back up. Um, so, oh, it looks like I can't even kill the stream. So there's some technical difficulty over at YouTube. Well, oh well. All right, give me a moment. Let me see if I can reconnect here. Uh, it looks, yeah, it looks like YouTube's just uh, basically just it's got COVID. I think YouTube has COVID. <laughs> well, everything's working over here, so let's just do it over here. Um, so anyway, that my point was: uh, every time you think you understand the economics of something, or even the risk of something, you probably don't. And and when I say probably, ninety-five percent chance. So imagine going through life thinking that the things you're sure about, you're also 95% chance that you're really wrong, like way wrong. 
Um, all right. So moving on here, um, I've noticed that I never get accused of things that I've actually done. I'm going to tie this back to something in a moment. Um, so here's a tweet from some rando, Mr. Ballistic, on Twitter today, was talking about me, you know, re- re- replying to me, and he says, says the man who doesn't need or seemingly desire to leave his home. So here's somebody who's blaming me or accusing me of uh, not having a desire to, to leave my home because I'm so afraid of the coronavirus. What, it, what is the truth? Does that track? Would many of you agree that uh, I haven't left my home much? Well, here's the fact. I've traveled more miles on Earth this year than any other year of my life. This is the year I've traveled the most in terms of miles of any time in my life. Now, I went to Bora Bora. I went to Greece through Germany. I've never had two international trips in the same year. (laughs) This is by far the most I've ever traveled. But what do I get accused of? Being a hermit and being afraid to go outside. I swear to God, all of the things people accuse me of are things that don't happen. In, in my personal life, my professional life, it's just consistent. So I don't know how much this happens to other people, but it's my, my personal bane of existence. Adam Dopamine uh, alerted me to this story. Apparently, there's a startup, well-funded with people like Bezos and Gates are, are behind some of the funding, called Form Energy. And they've, they've made, they figured out how to make batteries out of iron. Now, why, why is this important? Well, two reasons. Number one, their iron is plentiful, so you don't have to get your rare earth materials. That's a big deal. But although iron is too heavy to use as a battery in a device or a car, it might be exactly what you need for um, your, your power grid. So in other words, you could put a bunch of iron-based uh, batteries into your grid, and then suddenly your, your windmills and your solar power make sense because you would have an inexpensive, easily reproducible way to store the energy until it's dark and the wind isn't blowing. This is the sort of story that could change everything could change everything. Let me me just delete the YouTube thing and see if I can restart it. Yeah, it looks like YouTube is just down. The app isn't even starting. Oh, well. Um, Somebody says iron rusts. Well, yeah, but maybe they have some way to work that. I mean, I'm not sure that that makes a difference in this this application. Um, All right, so that... This is a small piece of news because it's just one startup, but could easily change the planet. This could have implications for really just everything. You know, our entire power grid, energy, the cost of energy, you know, the, the competitiveness of countries, pollution, climate change, politics. I mean, this is the kind, this is the kind of uh, technology that could just change politics, like change everything. It's just one little startup trying to do this thing. But the implications are vast. Let me ask you this. What is the pandemic plan? What, what is Joe Biden's plan for getting us past the pandemic? Because I don't know it. Do you? 
Because what it looks like we're doing doesn't have any chance of doing that. Because we can't really get everybody vaccinated. You can't really get 90% vaccinated. You can try. You can try to force them. But it's the most heavily armed country in the world, and a lot of people don't want to get vaccinated. From a practical perspective, I don't think we can get there. I don't think persuasion will be fast enough and strong enough to get to whatever Joe Biden thinks is the vaccination number. So if that's the strategy, if that's the only plan, is to get to 90% vaccination or something near it, we don't have a plan, do we? Because that feels impossible. Now, I don't know how much you know, pressure he can put on people to get vaccinated, um, but I don't think it's going to be that much. So it seems to me that the default plan, you know, the plan that's the thing that's going to happen whether you like it or not, is that everybody has to get infected, including the vaccinated. So since we know that being vaccinated doesn't stop you from getting infected entirely, and we know that you're not going to get that sick if if you're vaccinated in all likelihood, isn't that the best thing? Isn't the real plan to get as many people as possible, both vaccinated and infected. You've got to have both. If you have them vaccinated and not infected, they'll just get infected later, right? So it seems to me that the only plan here is to get everybody infected and as many as possible vaccinated to reduce the load on the healthcare system. So if the only reason that anybody's getting vaccinated Um, in terms of the system, not in terms of the individual. But in terms of the larger plan, if the only reason to get vaccinated is to reduce the load on the healthcare system, maybe that's good enough. I don't know. Now, for me, the pandemic is over except for the bad political implications of having to wear a mask and stuff. But I'm not worried about anything in the pandemic. I'm, I'm not worried at all about getting the virus because my chance of having a problem with it are just so small, you know, having been vaccinated. All right, here's a question. You know, I, I got mocked, uh, uh, was it a little over a year ago, when I said that Republicans would be hunted if Biden won. What is happening to Tucker Carlson? Is it my imagination, or is he literally, maybe this is figuratively, being hunted? There, there are hashtags today about, you know, trying to get Tucker... There have been at least two viral videos of individuals with phones accosting him in, in public, once at a fishing hole and once at, at the tackle store or something. Might even been the same day. I don't know. But if you look at how the media is going after him, how individuals are going after him in public, uh, and the hashtags, etc., I feel like he's being hunted. Now, there's a Rupar video, and I use this literally in this case, you all know what a Rupar video is, right? Uh, this individual named Rupar, <laughs> who, who has, uh, has been accused of showing video clips that are out of context. Now, there's, he's showing another video of Tucker accusing Fauci of creating the COVID. Now, if you show that without context, it sounds a little crazy. But if you show it with the context that the accusation is that Fauci was behind some funding that went to gain a function that may have not been directly related to this COVID, but maybe somehow in the big soup of things, there's some kind of connection. Um, 
Locals is working fine, as far as I can tell. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, Rupar believed that, uh, as a lot of people did, that that Trump suggested drinking bleach, which never happened, of course. All right, so here's my question um, on this. Is Is Tucker Carlson being hunted? Do you think that that works? All right. Let's talk about Donna Brazil, um, who famously fell for the fine people hoax, or at least pushed it. And um, now she's become some kind of a horrible force for evil. Um, Let me tell you what she said recently, if I can. Um, Damn it. Oh, here it is. Uh, Donna Brazil said in a tweet, we are facing a radically new threat in the kinds of forces that combine to attack our government on January 6th. The future of our democracy is on the line. This assault was an attempt to overthrow the U.S. government. Now, here's the thing. We know it wasn't an attempt to overthrow the U.S. government. Because if you want to overthrow a government... You need to bring, you know, tanks and atomic bombs. and <laughs> You have to have some plan, or at least have a heavy weapons or something. So it could not be more obvious that there was no plan to take and hold the country with a bunch of people with, you know, flags and selfies and, you know, some bear spray and clubs, right? That, w- that wasn't the plan, certainly not for most of the people there. Now, I'm not saying that some people there weren't crazy and thought it would, they would overthrow the country. But not in any any meaningful way was that ever a risk. So when people like Donna Brazil, who by the way I've been a big fan of, you know I like her on TV. I think she's great um, in terms of personality and stuff. Um, but you know maybe I wake woke up cranky. But when I see her spreading the big lie, you know the insurrection big lie. Um, And all of us deplore the violence. I've never heard anybody say otherwise, right? We're all good people. We deplore all the violence that happened on January 6th. But calling it an insurrection is an attempt to demonize Trump supporters. And um, I don't think you can... I don't think we can be soft about how we feel about that. So let me just say it. Donna Brazil is a huge fucking piece of shit. And I liked her before, but when you when you tell this big a lie, you know the big lie that January sixth was an insurrection. You are going directly against the well-being, the the health and the safety of the public. You are putting the health and safety of the public at risk far more than somebody not getting vaccinated, for example. I mean, this is directly calling for civil war, basically. Indirectly, I guess, but it has that effect. And so, Donna Brazil has just become a force for evil. Pushes the you know the fine people hoax, pushes this hoax, and I don't think you can. This is not a difference of opinion, right? She's not giving you her. Uh, well, the Democrats like some socialism. It's not about that. This is a person who is a huge fucking piece of shit, just a horrible person just pure evil, and gets to be on TV saying something that you would expect Hitler to say. Now, I'm very reserved, or at least I try to be, (laughs) when making a Hitler analogy, 
But if you're literally demonizing a group of people with words that would put them in jail if you believe them, you know, you, if you believe this was an erection, an erection, if you believe it's an erection, if you believe it's an insurrection, let's try that, then, uh, then you would also believe those people should be jailed or, I don't know, executed, right? So this is just the most completely corrupt, evil fucking take I've ever seen. I mean, really, Donna Brazil, you should be ashamed of yourself. Just ashamed to be part of this. Just ashamed. I mean, I don't know how you sleep with yourself. Anyway, um, so I'm putting a little, uh, little pushback there. The worst take on the pandemic that I see is, uh, I call this the most low-value take on the pandemic, is people are pretending to act confused about why the tactics have changed when the data changed. Stop being confused about that. When the data changes, pretty typical for the strategy to change too. So what do we know now that we didn't know in the beginning of the pandemic? Well, all kinds of stuff, right? The data's changed. So if you see the tactics change, um, there's a reason for it. Might be a a bad reason, like the new mask mandates are based on data that's changing. I don't agree with the mandates, but at least you have to recognize that there's some data that's different. I mean, you know, that has to be noted. All right. So the CDC says you should still get a COVID uh, vaccine even if you've already had COVID. Now, I'm no medical expert, but I can tell a gigantic pile of bullshit pretty easily. Let me give you another example. I'm not a doctor, so no medical expertise here whatsoever. But if I came across uh, a body that the head was severed from the torso, could I, without any medical training at all, determine that the person was deceased? Or would that be going too far? Would I be going into the medical field like, whoa, Scott, I don't think you're a doctor. Just because the head is not connected to the torso, don't be jumping to your layman conclusions that this person's dead. You need... 16 years of medical training to make a determination like that. That's what people are telling me. People keep telling me that I'm not an expert, so therefore I can't identify a two-mile-high pile of shit. Well, you're no expert. But I'm looking at a two-mile-high pile of shit. Am I wrong about that? I mean, I don't know everything about the field, But this little one thing I know, because I'm looking at it, gigantic pile of bullshit. And what do people say? Scott, you're no expert. You're no expert. So here's what I know. And the CDC went on and said, uh, experts don't know how long you're protected from COVID after you recover. Now, that's true. But our experience is, that immunity is long-lasting from everything else, and we have no data to suggest that natural immunity won't be the best kind. Probably, it probably is. I mean, based on what we know, probably it's the best kind. But the CDC, without new data, is saying that you should get vaccinated. 
Let me tell you what they should say if they wanted to have any credibility. All right, CDC has lost their credibility. It's just gone. It's not my fault. I'm just observing it. You can see it yourself. I hate it because we need them to be credible, but this ain't it. All right, this ain't it. Now, even if they're right, and it would be unusual uh, if they were right about this specific thing, even if they're right that natural immunity, this is the one time it doesn't work, you know, we found the one novel virus where natural immunity is different than all the other things. Maybe, but it's unlikely, and there's no data to suggest it. So how about this? If they wanted to be, um, if they wanted to be completely credible, maybe they should say, you don't need a vaccination if you have immunity, but we're going to keep tracking that, and if we see that people in general are losing their immunity, we're going to circle back to that and tell you to get a vaccination too. Now, I get it that it would be faster just to vaccinate everybody, even if they're infected, just in case. But you're asking them to put a drug in their body for a thing for which there's no indication that they need the drug. There might be. I mean, later there might be an indication, right? As their immunity wanes, maybe. But then you do it. You don't do it because it might happen. You know, you don't, you don't get your... You don't get a triple bypass because you might have a problem. I mean, you'd have to actually identify the problem before you did the, the operation. So the CDC is just totally fucked on this. I mean, they're just totally fucked up, right? If you're trying to preserve your credibility, and you really need to if you're the CDC, because you can't do anything without credibility, right? You're, you're useless. They gotta, you got to try a little bit to be credible. Try just a little bit to be freaking credible, and this isn't it. This is just a pathetic failure. It's just pathetic, really. All right, here's an idea I was just uh, acquainted with today. Um, thank you, Raul. Uh, the 14th Amendment. Did you know what the 14th Amendment says? It says that uh, it can be used to bar people from office uh, if Congress basically says that they were involved in an insurrection. What? <laughs> Did you know that? Like, I, I just learned this today, that apparently the 14th Amendment allows Congress and Congress alone, not the courts, but Congress alone, to say that an insurrection has happened, you know, they can brand it an insurrection, and then they can identify people that they say are part of it with no legal recourse. And if they have enough votes, they can just say, oh, you are in an insurrection and you can never run for office targeted at Trump, but of course any Trump allies who were, you know, complicit. So it looks to me, ironically, like Pelosi might be using the 14th Amendment to stage what? An insurrection. If, if this actually happened, if Pelosi tried to use the 14th Amendment to, let's say, ban Trump or any of his allies from running for... Uh, office, or even remove somebody from office, if she tried to do that, I would call that an insurrection, because it would be an attempt to overthrow the will of the people, you know, the voted, you know, the people that they want to vote in, and it would be using an, um, an illegitimate means, because you can call anything an insurrection, and this definitely wasn't one, January 6th. So if she were to push this argument to its conclusion, and actually, you know, ban Trump, I would call that an insurrection. How would you not? 
It would be somebody trying to change the government without the, without the voting process. Now, of course, they would be using an existing constitutional process, but illegitimately. If you illegitimately use the Constitution to change the nature of the government, isn't that an, that's an insurrection, right? So what would happen if the Democrats pushed this line as far as they could and then the Republicans ended up winning a sweeping majority in both houses and later the presidency? Couldn't the Republicans use the same thing to get rid of uh, anybody who was in favor of using this to get rid of somebody else? I mean, how far does this go? Can you just grab the gun and turn it around? I don't know. Well, now Congress is going to be uh, requiring, or already is, requiring masks for members of Congress. And I guess uh, uh, Lauren uh, Bobbert, um, yeah, yeah, Lauren Bobert already tossed the mask back in the face of some, uh, some staffer. Now, I don't know if that literally happened, but we're, we're speaking figuratively through the mask back at her. Um, and here, so here's the question. Will there be any real leaders? Is there anybody in Congress who's just going to say, no, I'll, I'll take the penalty. I'm not going to wear a mask. I'll come to, I'll come to work politely every day and, and have authorities take me out and find me or whatever. Is anybody going to do that? Because, you know, it's not going to be very safe if only one or two people do it. You know, you need sort of all the Republicans to do it. Could the Republicans just get on a bus and drive to uh, Texas so there's no quorum, so the infrastructure bill can't be voted on? Is that a thing? Can they do that? I mean, just like the Texas Democrats left the state so there would be no quorum and they couldn't have a vote on election stuff, um, could the Republicans, just hypothetically, say uh, we're just going to jump on a bus and get out of town until the mask requirement goes away? I don't know. So um, I, I tend to like Lauren Boebert just because she's got Bert in the last part of her name. So it's sort of a Dilbert, Dogbert, Boebert situation. So, so I like her for that. I don't know about any of her other policies, but I like her last name. Um, so I guess the Capitol Police have been directed to arrest staff and visitors in, in, at Congress uh, to comply with the mask mandates. And, but for members, the people who are actually members of, of Congress, they advise not arresting, but, quote, reporting members to SSAA for their failure to comply. Fuck that. Fuck that. They're saying directly they're going to apply the law differently? Is that what this is telling me? Yeah, where's, where's your equal treatment? Right, fuck that. You either arrest every fucking person or you don't arrest anybody, you asshole, Nancy Pelosi. This is not cool. You've got to arrest them all or don't arrest any of them. Just period. We can't stand for that. You know, this is the fucking United States. You treat them all the same or fuck you. All right? You got to pay for that. And you're doing it right in front of us. Don't do it right in front of us. All right? Fucking piece of shit. All right. Uh, how many of you have seen uh, Dr. Robert Malone, the inventor of, at least, or co inventor, I don't know, some, he's listed as an inventor of the 
mRNA vaccine technology, and he's a vaccinologist, I think. So about the, the highest level of expert you could get. Now, I saw him on uh, Bannon's uh, podcast, and uh, then I saw a title. Th- this is fake news, by the way. So the, this section is fake news. So the fake news is that there was a tweet going around, and there was a, a video on Rumble, and it was titled, uh, as if Dr. Robert Malone had said this, it was titled, The Vaccine Causes the Virus to be More Dangerous. How many of you believe that Dr. Robert Malone is telling the world that the vaccine causes the virus to be more dangerous? Real news or fake news? He did not. Right, it's fake news. And he said so himself. So he tweeted that this was fake news. Here's what he did say. And uh, I'm going to remove all the smart parts. <laughs> it's like, so I'm going to remove all the scientific talk. I'm going to give it to you in uh, dumb person talk. Uh, there is exactly one study that shows an indication that you should check the blood of a number of people to make sure it's not making things worse. Right? So there's one study that he hasn't looked at you know, personally, he's just heard about, read about it, that has a suggestion that there's an indication in a very unreliable way, something about you know, virus in the nose or something, and if you don't test it in the blood, you can't know for sure if what you're finding in the nose in one study that he hasn't looked at, if the one study is sort of a sort of a flag that you should check further. That's all he said. There's a flag here that you need to check further because if it's the worst case scenario, you would find it in the blood, and you could do that. That's a very it's a very practical thing to do. I mean, it's expensive and hard, but it's practical. You can do it. So, um, yes, thank you. The blood titers, <laughs> T-I-T-E-R. So there's nose titers and blood titers, and I don't know what the titers are. But if they're not tight enough, you got to tighten your titers. See? Practically an expert. All right. Yeah. Um, so just beware that there is at least one very qualified person who says, maybe we got a gigantic problem on our hands. But that's not confirmed. And it's not even close to confirmed. It's just a really smart person who's smelling it early and, and telling us, let's check this. you got to check this. So just think of this in terms of something that might be a problem that you need to check. If you said to me, Scott, what is the track record of experts saying something might be a problem even very qualified people, something might be a problem, but we better check it. How often do you check it and you find, in, indeed, it is the worst-case scenario? Well, I don't know. I'm a, how would you know? But, yeah, I'm, I'm seeing in the, in the comments, somebody says 1 in 10. That feels right, right? I, I don't know that that's right. But if you ask me after a, a lifetime of just existing in the world and sort of you know, breathing these situations... One chance in 10, he's right. But remember, if there's a one in 10 chance he's right, you got to fucking check the blood. Because if he's right, it's the worst case scenario. It's like really, really bad. So, I mean, uh, Dr. Malone, I think, is doing a valuable public service. Uh, and I, I honor him for doing that. But 
even he says he can't be sure, so don't go further than he's saying. All right. That is some of the most interesting thing that's happening today. Let's see if I missed anything in my poorly delivered notes. I think I got it all. And that means it's time to do something else. So thank you for watching. Um, I don't know what happened to YouTube, but at least we've got this here. I did open the subscription um, gate so that everybody can see this particular video, uh, but not necessarily other things that are on locals behind the paywall. All right. And that is what I have for today. Now, let me ask you this. I know you hate the mask content, but it's, it's somewhat unavoidable, wouldn't you say? Isn't it pretty unavoidable? Because really, we're talking about the, the legal part. We're talking about the, the logic of it, the science, et cetera. Yeah. Now, like I said, um, you know, I'm an anti-masker for the vaccinated, even though I know the Delta variant and even though I know I could get it. But at this point, I want it. Is that irrational? Is it irrational for me to say that being fully vaccinated with the Moderna vaccination, is it irrational for me to say that I want to catch the virus? Because the sooner the better. There, there's Nobody has a plan for me not to get it. Is that fair to say? Is it fair to say nobody has a plan, there's nothing being implemented now that could stop me from getting it? So let's just get it over with. I'm vaccinated. My vaccination rate is at the strongest point right now because it's fairly fresh. So if I'm going to get the if I'm going to get the virus, I kind of want it now. Am I wrong? Because I'm going to get it. I don't want to get it when my vaccination has worn off. Do I? You know, the worst time to get it would be right before you got a booster shot. And I don't even know if the Moderna people are going to need that. But you know, I've heard, I don't know if this is confirmed, but they used to have chicken pox parties where the kids with chicken pox would all hang out together so they could just freaking get the chicken pox and get it over with. And I feel like, at least for the vaccinated, the recently vaccinated, the people whose vaccinations are fresh, I feel like I should be swimming in COVID right now for my health, for my long-term benefit. I, I should be swimming in COVID. So I should take my mask off. Shouldn't I? Well, no, that I'd be more spready. So I guess that there's two ways to look at that. All right. Um, I, I think all this stuff is kind of interesting, especially in the psychological part of it. But if, uh, if the mask content, it just becomes impossible to handle anymore, I'll back off it. All right. That's all for now. Talk to you tomorrow. <laughs>